Hi, it's me, Tara, from the show that you're about to listen to. Um, so this mini-sode was cut from our Satanic Panic episode because sometimes Alicia and I record for like two and a half hours and then we have to cut most of it. But we thought that this content was pretty solid and we thought you'd want to hear it. So this is on the Satanic Death Metal Murders in Norway. And it's pretty spooky and ooky and yucky and gross. But um, anyway, I just want to let you know that if it feels like it starts suddenly and then ends suddenly, it's because it's cut in the middle of an episode right before we go to Witches in the News. So don't freak out. Your iPod didn't die. I'm surprised you have an iPod. Um, that's pretty cool for you. Anyway, before we get to that, I want to remind you guys about our October fundraiser for Black Girls Code. We got a comment the other day about how it's not like a witchy enough charity and I wanted to sort of address that. So for one, there's nothing witchier than disrupting the status quo. For two, I would say that techno-paganism is a future of witchcraft. Like in fact, without coders, we wouldn't be able to get to this podcast at all. In COVID plus the future times, internet covens, um, AI, all of that is super fucking witchy to me. So I wouldn't see how this charity is any different. I would also say... If you just like absolutely disagree with that, I can't imagine that you would disagree with the fact that for every dollar you donate, it enters you into a drawing to win a chance to meet Alicia and I, where we're going to chit chat and we're going to meet you and we're going to compliment you and tell you how beautiful you are and then read your tarot. Um, So there's a link in our show notes and on our Instagram on how to enter and win. Also, don't forget, we have new merch and I'm talking like new, new merch. So there's baby witch tote bags, Artemis city cat journals, witch yes pins, and that's all on T public also in our show notes and on our Instagram. And then finally, if you haven't skipped all of that this Friday, October 23rd, 2020, the beginning of Scorpio season, 9 PM Eastern, 6 PM Pacific. The, this is the data that you need to remember to watch Hocus Pocus with us together on the witch yes discord. Our creative director, Mallory Porter, designed some awesome witch yes mixed drinks that I'm so pumped for. And um, yeah, so download Discord onto your computer, your phone, your tablet. It's free. And then um, we're going to watch Hocus Pocus together. And I'm going to get really sloppy in the comments. Alicia and I are going to be on mic for a little bit. Um, And it's going to be really fucking fun, guys. Like, we've never done anything like this. Like, we're trying a bunch of new stuff. And we hope that you guys will be there, even for just a little bit. Um, That's all the housekeeping. I hope that this is the last time I have to record this intro because i feel like i've been trapped in this sound booth forever okay welcome to vaults of the obscure but we can talk a little bit about music because you have a norwegian death metal band I do that have, you want to tell us about? I have. So we talked about how it wasn't just the U.S. Yes. And in the 1980s and 1990s, some fucking shit went down in Norway. No, Norway. So I'm not much of a metal person. Neither am I. But I was pretty goth for sporadic parts of my youth because it was cool. Yeah. And I definitely faked being into it. I mean, yeah. Because... It was cool among my peer group. It, it was an aesthetic choice. It was. It was kind of like you can't be goth and then like also be listening to the anime intro to Inuyasha on the way to school. Yeah. Um. So you had to like create this persona. 
of just really liking Metallica, I guess. I only watch Inuyasha at home now. <laughs> This is a private, <laughs> a private situation. So this is the most research I've ever done into metal music besides the years in middle school and high school where I would just regurgitate whatever band I heard my crush talk about. Yes. Um, metal music was allegedly born in the 1960s and 70s with what some call the holy trinity of metal bands. So there's Ooh. Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and Deep Purple. Okay. The U.S. tends to hold up Led Zeppelin, and the U.K. tends to hold up Black Sabbath as, like, the true beginning. And no one holds up Deep Purple except probably the people in Deep Purple. Well, I like them. Purple's my favorite color. (laughs) You're like, I know nothing else, but I will champion for you. Yeah. I will hold a torch. I love that. There's a bunch of different flavors of metal. Zinc. Copper. No, I'm kidding. We're talking about music. This is a great (laughs) joke I wrote. (laughs) I hope you like it. That was a funny joke. I liked it. I did like it. So there's death metal, which is characterized by like its extremes with distorted guitars and growling voices. One article called the voice the cookie monster voice. Ooh, weird. And like a little sexual. Oh, the way he chomps those cookies? Doesn't really eat them. No. Just like your puss. Okay, so there's new metal, which is what I just recognize as like early 2000s rock. So it's like metal music that took on kind of a hip hop flavor to it. Papa Roach, Corn, Limp Bizkit. Okay. And then there's thrash metal. So this metal is like really aggressive and fast, but the lyrics are understandable. We're talking like Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and all the bands that I pretended to like. Okay. But distinctly, do not. There's plenty more. There's pirate metal. Ooh. Doom metal. Okay. Christian metal. But but the one we want to talk about today is black metal. So black metal was shrieking high-pitched vocals. Okay, it's really fast, and it's very, very Norwegian. Viking metal, I guess. Fucking Viking metal, and it's insufferable. No, I'm kidding. You might like it. Got people listening, so... I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) The lyrics usually focus on pagan or satanic themes and death, which is sort of funny slash ironic because when the U.S. is having this like nightmarish satanic panic in the 1980s, black metal in Norway was bursting with its own satanic panic. Excellent. So this is a timeline. I'm going to say their real name. Okay. Only once. But they all have crazy ass nicknames and they're easier to say than Struberud. So there's Oystein Ariseth. Okay. Who goes by Euronymous. Euronymous. Jorg, or sorry, Jorg Stuberug, who goes by Necrobutcher. Okay. And Chito Mannheim, who I guess liked his name. They found, <laughs> they found the band Mayhem in 1984, okay? Yes. The only issue is that they haven't found the perfect vocalist, so they're like, I guess we're just drums and guitar. You know what? What is a band? What Do you I, need a vocalist? We're a band. We're a band. We sing together. See, boom! (laughs) Album release. Ooh, that's a good one. So they cycle through a couple singers, but nothing really hits like they want it to. Eventually, their singers and their drummer, Mannheim, dip out, leaving Euronymous and Necrobutcher alone with their guitar and their bass. Peer Yigniv Olin, who goes by Dead, and Jan Axel Blomberg, who goes by Hellhammer, show up and they're like, we want to be in the band. Hello. With names like that, like, come on, join us. Yeah. So Dead even mailed a dead mouse nailed to a cross to the band P.O. Box as a resume. And Euronymous and Necro Butcher were like, this person's fucking metal as shit. Get in here. Come on in. Dead is a huge showman. And he's really interested in the performative aspects of these black metal shows. He wears black and white corpse makeup, kind of like Kiss, but not 
glam. Mm-hmm. He buries his clothes in the dirt and then digs them up before the show so he looks and smells like he's been in a fresh grave. Interesting choice. He also, like super gross, um, would cut himself on stage and spray the blood out onto the people in the front row. And then... This is during the AIDS crisis. This is exactly, Ugh. exactly. Norwegians. And then they would impale sheep and pig heads on spikes on stage and which is basically like all of these theatrics are here to ensure that only true fans remain at these shows like you can't be a fucking poser so little tara true would be like you yuck i'm gonna faint take me home so i can watch kagome please (laughs) i'm out i'm out I'm out. I'm sorry. Take me home. Call my mom. Um, This kind of behavior wasn't just for the stage. So Dead really believed he wasn't human. Um, He had certain psychological issues. He'd harm himself at parties so often. It wasn't uncommon for his bandmates like tie him up mid-party so he wouldn't hurt himself and then leave to go continue drinking. To be fair, I would do that too. I'd be like, dude, stop. (laughs) Like we're trying to have a good time. Yeah, but you, you wouldn't like take your friend and like take them to the hospital? No, they're doing it to themselves. And hospital bills are expensive because this is the America we live in. Yeah, that's true. If he did it to himself and he's like, look what I did. I'd be like, okay, we're going to tape you up to this post and I'm going to get laid tonight. So you better (laughs) shut up soon. You're ruining my party vibe. Exactly. All right. So all throughout this gore and mayhem, the metal youth of Norway are growing increasingly more xenophobic and aggressive. They're rejecting anything that they don't see as like truly Norwegian, which is basically anything not white and Viking. So they're like, fuck the Jews, fuck the gays, fuck all brown people, but super fuck the Christians. (laughs) So super fuck these white people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Youths in Norway began seeing Christianity as a group of oppressors against their pagan roots and the actualization of their true selves, which I can only think is Viking. I guess maybe they would like these kind of metal fans were really proud to braid their little goatees How cute. and braid their little mustaches like Vikings do. Okay. So they're like, what do these Christians hate? How can we create a kind of Godhead to um, use as a subversive tactic against them? And they choose <laughs> Satan. All right. So now it's 1991. And the band Mayhem is staying in a cabin in the woods to write and record a new album. As you do. Euronymous and Dead, they spend too much time together and they're not getting along. And they used to be close, but now they're fighting, they're shooting guns, and Dead is even sleeping outside in the woods to be away from him. In April of 1991. That's the kind of beef that is the good friendship beef, though. Like, I'm going to sit, I'm going to sleep outside. I'm sleeping outside. Like, fuck you. But not enough to break up the band. Not enough for me to leave and go home or find a hotel. Right. I'll just go outside. Which is a kind of a punishment for you also. Yeah. It's not, you're not suffering because of it. I am suffering because of it. <laughs> so in April of 1991, Euronymous walks into the cabin and finds that Dead has committed suicide. Oh, shit. Euronymous, That's the biggest power move this friendship group has made thus far. I'm going to hurt you by just ruining myself. Yeah. Yeah. Euronymous, what would, okay. We're in a band. We're in a podcast together, as we are now. Okay. We're fighting. Yeah. But you come back to the cabin that we've put some money into because we were going to make a great podcast series. And um, I'm dead. So what do you do? I assume you're murdered. And I would (laughs) call 911 and then call your mom. Yes. I think those are the right moves. 
even if you were mad at me, even if I had been an absolute dick, that seems like the normal response. Yeah. Are they going to eat him? Close. Okay. Oh, no. So Euronymous <laughs> closes the door. Uh-huh. Okay. He leaves. He closes the cabin door. He leaves. He walks to a convenience store. He picks up a disposable camera. He returns. He rearranges the room and takes photos of the dead body. Next thing he does. But is it like weekend at Bernie's? Like he's just propping it up in different places? Oh, God. He's got beer in one hand and smoking a cigarette with the other. Because at that point, it's like. I mean, a band is dead. The band is dead. The band is dead. Dead is dead. And it's very sad. Yes. It's very, very sad. And we're not making fun of him. We're mostly going to make fun of Euronymous because he's a terrible person. So Euronymous calls Necro Butcher, right? Mm -hmm. This is a person he's been in this band with the longest. He says, hey, dead son something really cool. He killed himself. Necro Butcher, being the Alicia of this relationship, is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And Euronymous says, no, don't worry about it. I took pictures. And Necro Butcher says, do not fucking talk to me until you've deleted those pictures you fucking psychopath. The photos are instead used as an album cover for their next album that they release. And Necro Butcher's out of the band. He's out. Goodbye. How would anyone allow that? Oh, it was a huge thing in Norway. People were like, you can't do this. And they were like, it's metal. We love the devil. That's crazy. Men with mustaches, you can't trust them. No. So the band is down to two because dead is unfortunately passed. And Necro Butcher is gone. So it's just Hellhammer and Euronymous. In 1992, which is what after the What the fuck is Hellhammer doing over here? He seems like a beta. Anyway. Okay. Um, it's 1992. Euronymous starts making music with a musician called Varg Vikernes, who I said wrong, but that's fine because who gives a shit? Varg goes by Count Grishnak. Their meeting sort of sparks a series of cathedral burnings oh. all across Norway. Um, Count Grishnak is suspected of the first, the Fantoft Stave Church in Bergen. He claims that the church is built on top of a pagan holy site. But Maybe. Soon, which is possible. But soon after, church burnings ramp up and it's believed that young men in the black metal community are trying to one-up each other with setting off and burning and bombing bigger and more impressive churches and cathedrals. Ooh. Things start to go even further in 1993. Euronymous um, has this record store. And he starts to view himself as like the most powerful metal figurehead. Like he's Mm -hmm. the king of black metal and he's fucking losing it with power. So people are talking about killing him because he's so insufferable. And then he's talking about fucking killing other people. And one of the people he's talking about killing is Count Grishnak, this person he's burning churches with. Apparently, allegedly, Euronymous owes Count Grishnak a bunch of money in royalties. I don't necessarily know what that means or what they're making of that. So they burn down Holum Colum Chapel and plan to blow up the Naderos Cathedral in the name of spreading fear and evil, which is an actual quote from Grishnak in a newspaper. Okay, guys. Things are crazy. Everybody's fighting. Everybody wants to kill each other. Black metal is just dissolving into chaos. It's late, 1993. Euronymous calls Count Grishnak to his apartment. Count Grishnak has to fucking take a train, hours, to go to this apartment and Euronymous is saying, I'm so nervous for him. You should be. He says, we're going to sign a contract. All of this shit is going to be over. Yeah. We're going to sign this contract. Mm-mm, always take your lawyer. The only account of the interaction is by Count Grishnak. He says that Euronymous lured him to his apartment and then tried to torture and murder him to create a snuff film. Ew. 
The only thing we can be entirely certain of is that Count Krishnak stabbed Geronimus 23 times in the head, neck, and back. <gasps> That's crazy. It's extremely violent and personal. Count Grishnak is sentenced to 21 years in prison for the killing of Euronymous, the burning of three churches, and the theft of 150 kilograms of explosives, which were for that cathedral that they planned to burn oh and blow gosh. up. Oh my gosh. It seemed to me... Why weren't they arrested earlier? All of this should have... None of this should have happened because they should have been in prison. Yeah. But... White men get away with everything. They do! It seems to me that after all of this explosion, like black metal just kind of had this huge crescendo of anger and hatred and xenophobia, and then since then has had a massive breath of no longer being associated with all of that hyper-patriarchal xenophobic anger. Yeah. So you can, after Count Grishnak killed Euronymous, there was a lot of fighting from Euronymous's family to have his base tracks taken off of the record that got released after his death, and... Necrobutcher said that he would do it yeah, and then um, didn't. And so when you listen to Mayhem's last album, it's Euronymous and Count Krishnak playing together. These are two men that fucking hate each other. One is dead and one is in prison. That's crazy. And I didn't include this in the notes, but Necrobutcher actually went into hiding after he found out that Euronymous was killed because he had told a bunch of people he was going to kill him. What? And it's just that fucking... Count Krishna got to Euronymous before him. What? It was because Necrobutcher was also really close to dead and just hated how Euronymous like blasphemed his name and memory with that photo. Is it foreshadowing if you name yourself dead? I mean, maybe, but I also think that that, that man was a extremely unwell, like truly totally. believed he was a curse. Like you can read his suicide note online, which I also have a lot of bad feelings about, but he was just like, I'm not human. I'm going to wake up into my real body and like Ooh. that's awful yeah awful feeling so Oof, heavy and that was vaults of the obscure and this is how we would normally end one of those episodes so crisp and not dragging on at all no not dragging and I'm not panicking. And yeah, anyway, remember our fundraiser and buy our new merch. And I'll see you guys on Friday, October 23rd to watch Hocus Pocus on the Discord, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Okay, goodbye forever. (laughs) 